This podcast is produced by Business Aviation Collective and sponsored by LD Aviation. Hello, and welcome to the Business Aviation Podcast. Today, we get a chance to talk to Emilio Padilla Escoto, who has been with Manny Aviation for over seven years and has recently won a scholarship from the S&D Committee. Hi, Emilio. How are you doing hey. today? Hi, Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I'm doing okay. I'm actually in poor work. Okay. Now I head back to Mexico in a few hours. Okay. Sounds good. I bet it's nice and warm there in Fort Worth. Yeah, it is. Yes. Awesome. Well, I want to start out with a um, question for you that I ask most people. I'm always curious of how did you get into aviation? So Emilio was there like, is this a childhood dream? Did you fall into it? How did you even get attached to aviation? Yeah, when I was a kid, I was always interested by, by airplane. And in small, yeah. around 17, 18, I decided to become a pilot. I was well, currently working in a Costco. So when I become independent and started paying my bills and everything, I, I decided to, to go to look uh, for a job in the airport. Okay. And uh, I just applied for a ground handling company that has headquarters in Houston and Global Crescent, but they have a pers- personal in, in Toluca Airport. Okay. The, the main executive airport in Mexico. And that serves Mexico City. So I entered this company and I never imagined what I was doing. <laughs> it was it was completely different of what I thought about airplanes. And okay. Maybe most of the people don't know about wire business aviation and or private aviation. Right. So I started coordinating ground handling services all over Mexico. Then after a short period of time. I was uh, invited to join Manning, mm-hmm. which is uh, a ground handling company in Mexico. Yeah. And I just changed. I changed to Manning, and then my journey started. <laughs> awesome. So I heard you say about your private pilot license in there. Now, had you gotten it at this point, or you're still working on it uh, when you yeah. went to Manning? I was still working on it. I was okay. in school. But... I have not been able to to pull my commercial pilot license. Actually, I, I tried to get a job in aviation to become a pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but during the journey, I found out that uh, there are really good opportunities rather than be a, a pilot. It's not, a, it's not only flying. You're yep. being a flight attendant or a pilot. So many jobs involved, so many positions. And I mean, the, the horizon is huge. It is. It's great. And I think that's super important that you mentioned that because um, a lot of times like schools, they're like, well, you want to be a pilot or a flight attendant, but they are, they just don't know that they should or could promote the fact that there's hundreds of other positions that aren't just flying the airplane or being the flight attendant. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So I got my private pilot license when I was living in Venezuela and South America. And sure. so the, the requirements are a little bit different from the United States. What are the requirements to get a private pilot license in Mexico? Like number of hours? Yeah, you have, uh, you have to have 40 hours minimum. Okay. It will be, uh, then you have a reading exam mm-hmm. of, uh, of all the knowledge, and then you have to get your medical. 
Okay. Uh, also the practice, the, the practical exam. Okay. Uh, so that will be around two, two more hours. Uh-huh. Then you, you'll get your pilot license for, for Mexico, for Mexican mm-hmm. CAA. You have yep. to wait a little bit because you're a little slow on the process. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Then once you finish that, you, you'll be able to get a permit to start doing for, for your commercial. Excellent. Very cool. Well, I was just checking out, you know, your background a little bit, and I saw that Manny Aviation is there, and I also saw a little note there about Princess Cruises, and that looks like it might have been a fun job. What was that all about? What did you get to do there? Yeah, well, uh, before the before the pandemic, I was thinking about traveling all over the world. Mm-hmm. One of my passions to travel to know, get to know people and places, and it all. The thing with the uh, aviation and w- where my career was going, it kind of got stuck in a moment for me, okay. for my personal opinion. So I decided to explore New Horizons, and then I I wanted to work in a jet, and that didn't work. So I applied for the second option that was the prison business or the coupon. So I was flying in January 2020, I was flying to China. And oh. uh, <laughs> when I was wow, in, the count- in 20, okay, yeah, yeah we got to hear about that. <laughs> when I was in the counter, they said, No, oh, you're not in any what I was wearing face mask. So I called Francis and I asked him, Hey, I mean, I got to board a flight, they got my tickets and everything, but I'm not in the system. So they told me, Hey, you know what? Because of the pandemic, we're not sending any anyone. Uh, through China, through China, so you'll have to go to Houston and Houston Taipei, Taipei Singapore, because the, the cruise was in uh, in Singapore. Okay. So I was uh, really, uh, I had a really tight schedule. I almost lost my luggage. So I I just decided to sell everything, donate clothes, left my life in Mexico, and grab three three pieces of luggage and excited to go to the ship that is so, so cool yeah so when i arrived i realized in, in asia when i was in asia i realized that the thing was really serious mm-hmm. and uh we sailed we departed from singapore eventually then we, got, we went to thailand then to india then to africa and when we were in africa some islands on the way like reunion island and uh, Seychelles, and they were uh, they didn't want them. Um, they didn't want any ship. So we started to have problems. Yeah. Uh, people were throwing stones, you know, garbage to us. Uh, they no didn't way. get us out of the ship. So the captain and the crew members decided to go to straight to Australia. It was a 11 day, 11 sea day. When we were in Australia, people started to get more scared. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then just in March, we decided to offload all the passengers. We were stuck in without passengers. Well, I got stuck without passengers around 85 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So what was your position on the cruise boat, on the boat? Like, I was a customer service representative. Okay. All right. But then when uh, we get the passengers off the boat, we started to do lots of things, maintain and we were in the restaurant because we had a lot of crew members in the cabins. 
because they were in the in quarantine. Oh yeah, okay. So mm -hmm. you need a lot of that, a lot of money to to provide food and supplies and everything. It was a really a crazy story because nobody ever experienced that. And oh. then Australia said, "I don't want any any Christians anymore." So you have to you have to leave. Uh huh. And the other Christians were little sick. We were sailing to New Guinea and then to the Philippines. And I have pictures I can show I can show you. We were about 350 ships on the Manila. Oh, wow. Because everybody's doing the same thing. They just don't have anywhere to go, I guess. That's right. Yeah. What an uh, interesting perspective because, you know, we saw it from our side or I saw it from the United States that I could see that, yes, there were boats out there and they weren't being allowed to, to stop. But you yeah. have hands on on the other side experience. Okay, sorry, keep going. So, you know, some people were struggling. We uh, heard some, some bad news. So it's amazing how gossip and news spread from one ship to another. It's like a, a community, I don't know, it's really where you're. Well, eventually it was a great experience for me. I had a great time, like a vacation. You know, paid sure. vacation. I was trying not to worry. And, my family, of course, was really, really worried. <laughs> I bet. And, uh, I had all the shit for me. We had cinema, we had bars, fun, dancing, and more than 50 different cultures and nationalities over there. It's a uh, cool experience. That's really cool. You yeah. Know, I... Well, servicing smell culture. I really miss playing. <laughs> yes, it does, right? It gets in your blood, and then you're like, oh, you got to go yeah. back. Got to go back to aviation. That's really cool. So then after the cruise, they kind of shut down. You went back to Mexico to go yeah, back to right. aviation? Mexico was never closed. Okay. Uh, the other countries to to make flights you know, uh, were closed. I closed in the Philippines to South Korea, then South Korea, Japan, Japan directly to, to Mexico. But Mexico was also no restrictions at all. Mm -hmm. When... I applied to be part of the Manny team again in October, and we were flowing into corporate aircraft coming to Cabo, Cancun. 70% of our operation was tourism instead of business because sure. they were business aviation were too low. So we were experiencing a lot of flights. Everybody said, well, Europe is closed. Everyone is closed. Where should we go? We'll to go. Yeah. Makes sense. That's very cool. All right. So then you went back into Manny. Okay. And so you're working with Manny Aviation. And I look at Manny Aviation. I've worked with them before, and they're a great company. I see one of the big highlights on there is your safety piece of it. And it's um, ISBA. And I see that they're ISBA Stage 2, and I think it's for the second time at least. Can you tell us, the audience, a little bit more about what is that? I don't know if everybody understands what ISBA is. ESPA is the International Standard for Business Aircraft Handling. Okay. Uh, it's a program from IBAC, which is International Business Aviation Council. Mm -hmm. They are a company based in Canada. They are uh, really close to the International Civil Aviation Organization. Okay. They are permanent observators of the uh, ICAO since the 80s. So they try to get the best practices in the world and in the industry. The speed uh -huh. to business aviation. Uh, they have two programs right now. One is for operators, and then they develop for handling or FBO. So 
the core is the safety management system, all the risk assessments, and they have they involve lots of things in, in the industry in the company. So you'll get if you go to a handler that is registered, stage one, stage two, or stage three, which are the the two stages. Levels, okay. Mm-hmm. So you will have to get strong SMA safety culture. Uh, you outage your providers or your vendors. You have manuals. You have protocols. You have you know, safety operational procedures that comes from the core for the national aviation organization. And then I like outage you. Okay. Time to time. So stage one is okay. You have manuals. You have the information. Uh, the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's okay. Stage two is why are you doing with that information? Are you applying all your procedures? Are you developing a strong safety program or are you taking the, the paper into practice? Okay. And the third stage, we call it like a safety, like a nirvana of safety. Uh, everybody works toward safety and it's a safety culture. You know? Yeah. And that's amazing. You, you save a lot of money. You, you're getting a little risk with all. While you're targeting the dangers of the organization. So that mm-hmm. would save a lot of money, that would save lives. I mean, that will guarantee that you don't have any problems on, on the ground, in the FBO, or whatever you have. Yeah. Oh, that's really important. So. so oh, no, go ahead. So you're in charge of that? Okay. I was in charge of the SMS and the ESLA. Uh, stage one, stage two, then again, stage two in, in Toluca, and then we develop uh, another airport, stage one. Now we're stage two, two locations, and I think we're going stage three really soon in Toluca. Okay. But we're not, we're taking those practices and those uh, information, that training to other airports in Mexico. We serve more than 30 locations. Nice. Seventy locations. That's great. So kind of when like if if we're the operator and we look and we're like, okay, so there is bus stage one, two, or three. I mean, s- safety is really a high priority on yeah. that airport's list. Then that's right. Definitely good to look out for when you're selecting a location to go to. Or especially if you're involved in safety or you are an eastbound operator. Yeah. Or wide wingman or any safety certification. Excellent. Oh, that's great. Well, cool. Well, I also saw on your LinkedIn posting that you are part of an MBAA subcommittee. And I want to hear about that as well. If if you could tell us, is it a new committee? How long have you been on it? All of that. Uh, this is my first time in the schedule and dispatchers committee. Uh-huh. I applied last year. Uh, I was honored to be part of the foundation and creation subcommittee with uh, lots of new experienced colleagues, it's uh, mm-hmm. amazing people. I just, I mean, full work actually, because we had uh, our first meeting to plan the schedule and the committee of the um, upcoming year that will be in forward 2024. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really fun. I think while I'm part of the scholarship, scholarship yes. program, we're trying to get more applicants and we'll be taking care of the vendors that 
uh, Cali donate uh, programs of training or monetary scholarship. Okay. So, so that's like what you're doing on the committee now. You're helping out. That's right. Yeah. Coordinating that. Okay. Yeah. The, the committee, basically, with help of the MBAA, they plan ahead, a year ahead, the next convention and exhibition, the Schedule from the Sculptures. That's good. So they plan the education sessions. They pick the speakers. They develop mostly everything. That's great. Well, that's a huge job and because that's a huge conference every year and very important to all of us. I mean, there's so much knowledge that comes and the ability to network at those conferences. So you guys have a big and, and really important job. And, and thank you, too, for, for yeah. taking your time to do all that. Because obviously you've had to travel from Mexico yeah. over to Fort Worth and, you know, take time out of your, your regular life. Um, that's right. Now... So this is your first year on the committee. I understand that last year you won a scholarship from them. Yeah. Uh -huh. Awesome. That's cool. So yeah. what did you win the scholarship for? I applied for the corporate scheduler and FAA initial dispatcher course. Great. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. So is that with a certain company? Is there a certain company that teaches it or they allow you to choose? They allow you to choose between monetary or training scholarship. I applied for, for both. Okay. And um, uh, then at S and last S and Nashville, uh, I was in a room with the committee. Yeah. They were happy to announce that I was the recipient of the flight safety corporate scheduling um, dispatcher initial. Wonderful. So it was uh, it is really great news because that will help develop my career basically a lot of a lot of things. That's great. And Flight Safety is a really good company and they do a good job teaching. So do yeah. you have a, a time when you think you're going to do that? I'll go to yeah. St. Louis, Missouri in, on December. Okay. It's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait a sec. I don't know. You might have <laughs> want to have chosen a summertime date for that. Uh, no, but St. Louis, there, it's still, it is, it's really nice in the wintertime too. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. I thought about that. I, I need some snow. All right, yeah, a change in uh, a change in temperature and environment there. Cool. I have a question to go back to the fact that you're on the scholarship committee, and I thought, what if you were a vendor, or perhaps what if you're the person who wants to apply? Where is the best place to go and and find out? Like, what if I wanted to donate something? Where do I go to find that information? The best place to go will be with the schedule and with budgets committee members. Uh, we'll be contacting our donors. You'll see in social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and NBAA posts that we're looking for vendors as much as a new applicant because there's a lot of great programs of training and they can give you in the monetary scholarship, they can give you up to 10,000 US dollars to keep developing lot. your career, even if you're a newbie in, in the industry mm -hmm. or you. Uh, are in, in the middle of your career, or maybe you uh, you have 20 years of experience, that will help you out to keep learning and developing your career. Of course, it will be in scheduler, dispatcher, and also maybe CPR or first aid that you can use anytime in your life. One of, I learned this, this session that one of our comedy members in the last 
F&B in San Diego, not mm-hmm. not the last one, the, the other one in San Diego, encountered some people in the street that had a heart attack, and she applied CPR, and really? she saved the people's lives. Wow. Yeah. And that was all because she took CPR class. That's right, yeah. So that will help you, not even in your career, I mean, in your daily life. That is so cool. That's a really good, yes, application of of using it in real life. You, you have to apply. I mean, it's a really cool program, and you'll even if you get it or you don't get it, I mean, you will never know if you don't apply. That's true. Yep, you never know if you don't try it. Definitely. Well, Emilio, can I go back and see talk some more maybe general things? Is there anything that was like? one a, a big challenge that you had in your lifetime that maybe gave you a big lesson life lesson also yeah of course well i went back to mexico i tried to say well okay if i go to the u.s maybe i'll be back to the cruise ship and start like you know, we'll, we'll spend the money earned on the cruise ship for my flight hours and then mm-hmm. i'll stay maybe one or two months on the u.s in the school and then go back to the cruise ship, uh, make some money, and then back and forth until I get my license and finish. Yeah. But you know, things can change. You have plans, and eventually life can laugh at, at your plans. <laughs> yeah, right. It does sometimes laugh at our plans. You're right. Yeah. It sure does. <laughs> but so I, I was unemployed, um, without money and without anything. The world was stuck. Everything was. In a, in a, in a stop in a pause. Yeah. I got real desperate. You know, there was, they, they were rough times. Wow. Uh, I got really depressed and just felt like I was worth nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, it was a rough feeling time. Feeling of anxiety, and and everything. It was, it was something that nobody wants to experience. Or no, I, I don't want to experience that anymore. In my yep. life. I know. Life is slow, uh, ups and downs, mm-hmm. and that's the way of, of life. It, it really put me in a position that yeah, we will we will <laughs> Yeah, that was a tough then, time for a lot of people. Yeah. So then you know, uh, because of that, I could open a hot dog business with my best friend because I love cool. to cook as well. I, okay. I love to cook. Now uh, I'm a foodie, if you can tell. Some, nice. Uh, <laughs> I love hot dogs. That that's yeah. that's awesome. Okay, yeah, you got to uh, tell us that story. That sounds. We think we're, we're we're doing okay. We had a lot of friends uh, supporting us. A lot of clients. We started to make our own name, and you know, we started to develop the business from scratch, literally yeah. from scratch. We started in the parking lot of my friend's house. Okay, and then. We made a place out of sausages. We had our roof, nice roof, we light, uh, all the tables, chairs, nice. all the supplies for the kitchen, uh, logo, marketing, and social media. Uh-huh. Even we, we paid a, a trip with, with Oswald. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That is so cool. So... I, um, and tell me about the hot dogs themselves, too. So, like in Venezuela, we put hot dogs, all sorts of things that here in the United States we don't put on hot dogs. So, yeah. what are, like, popular toppings for hot dogs in Mexico? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're crazy stuff on there, but they're really good. 
Yeah. Well, I had, I used to have nine recipes. The most famous one, you got a big sausage from beef, beef sausage with cheese crust, guacamole, and pork belly on top. It was was really good. That sounds great. I've never had guacamole on the sausage. Okay, I'm going to have to try that. Yes. We had some chili, chili. Uh, we had some mac and cheese, hot dogs, uh, barbecue, and nothing, onion with pork belly. We had a pizza, hot dog. We had uh, even uh, dessert, hot dog. The the sausage, banana, mm-hmm. banana with the Nutella, vanilla ice cream with chunky brown or something. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it was really good. The banana, well, we we. I got back my job and no time for sure. for the business. We decided to close. How bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like it was a great experience. It was. You know, maybe you should sell your recipes or at least post them online or something. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be fun to make. I know it's a great business. We, we got great ideas. We were thinking about making our own brews, then our own sausages. Uh, oral breath and syrup dosing. But maybe maybe later in itself. Yeah. Uh, maybe for the later. You know what I think is cool is that you said, you know, you got into this really, you know, a low spot there, especially with the pandemic. Everything is closed down, but you didn't let that stop you. You were like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, switch gears and I'm going to do this instead. And you were successful at that. And then it sounds like you went back to aviation, which might be maybe closer to your primary love. Or, you know. That's right. All right. Oh, that's awesome. Well, f- through that whole process, is there any maybe uh, suggestions you would have to somebody who's starting out? Maybe they're in a spot where they're just not seeing advancement. And um, any anything you would tell them as advice? Yeah, of course. I'll say don't give up. Don't give up. Be patient. You know, good things sometimes takes time. And uh, if you see an opportunity of the scholarship and something like that, apply. Apply to everything. Study, I would say, just give your time to, to read something related to the thing that you're interested in because that will help you out to, to be better and keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's really hard. But if if I can help you with, with something, with anything, I mean, I'm in Mexico, but, you know, this time you can have a, a call and you will connect with, with people all over the world. So yeah, um, that will be my advice. It, yeah, it's so much easier to con- connect and network with people all over the world. Now we've got WhatsApp, sure. just the, the phone isn't as expensive. You've got emails, you've got FaceTime, all that. And stuff. I think in, in this industry, people well, really helps you out. Networking is, is yeah. a great thing to do. And there's, always someone that will help then will help you yep i totally agree amelo do you want to tell us kind of what you do now with many aviation and what does many do in general just for the our listeners to in case they want to check out you or your um company yeah i'm the operations buyer now we coordinate ground handling services all over mexico we're been in the business for more than 25 years we have handled aircraft missions for all sorts of uh, our experience in excellence. We we handle about around four thousand seven hundred flights a year. So wow. mostly for foreign operators okay. and national operators as well. Non-scheduled commercial for one thirty-five. 
91, uh, cargo flight, diplomatic flight, uh, old star, Cool. Additionally, we're preferred handling agents for more than 12 trip support companies around the world. And uh, we, we are located, well, we can serve you in more than 70, 70 airports. So wow. how basic is Toluca, but we have well, several operational offices across Mexico. Okay. And we, we may assist you with any service or ground handling support requests, no matter how large or small your aircraft are. We also have in-flight catering uh, in Toluca or all over Mexico. Okay. We have a restaurant inside an FBO. Cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. You have with uh, flight tickets, auto booking, ground transportation, rental cars, whatever you may need, whatever you have in mind, helicopters. Anything. Anything. End to end. Yeah, you, and you know, the, the clients, well, the operators, you just have to fly and we'll take care of absolutely every detail. That's excellent. And I've worked with Manny before and it is, yeah, it's always been very smooth for us. Those of you who might be going to Mexico, if you're using a service provider, you might be using Manny anyway. Your service provider might be reaching out to Manny Aviation. So, and you must, might not know that. Uh, or you can go directly to Manny Aviation and, and coordinate your services directly with them too. So I think yeah, that's... Even the, the trip support provider, they do they'll help you out in your trips all over the world. As people in Mexico, uh, you can always ask for money and they can respond. So we work with them as well. Great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay, okay. so we'll go ahead. With money, Mexico is yours. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great line. Very yeah. cool. Well, Emilio, it has been so great to talk to you today. If somebody else wanted to talk to you maybe more about your hot dog adventure or your private pilot in Mexico, anything like that, how would they get a hold of you? You can reach me through my, it would be easy to my email, LinkedIn, or even Instagram. So yeah, reach out if I can Excellent. help you or you need any support in Mexico or, or whatever, I'll be glad to help you. Wonderful. Well, thank you again very much, Emilio, and congratulations on your scholarship. Thank you thank so you. much for working on that committee for us. And I really look forward to meeting you in person uh, next year in Fort Worth. Fort, thank you so much for having me here. And uh, we'll be in touch. Great. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes. And check out our website for up-and-coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective, sponsored by LD Aviation.